0: Welcome to Marketing Success with Podcast Advertising. Have you been hearing the buzz about podcast advertising, but aren't sure where to begin? Join us here as we discover how to create a positive ROI and learn the best practices and tips from companies just like yours who have experienced great results. Now here's your host, Heather Osgood. As we were planning our launch for this podcast, someone forwarded me an amazing article. It was a Medium article written by Rebecca Beck of Arefs. In this article, Rebecca details the experiences that they have had using podcast advertising. She talks about the mistakes they made and the successes that they had. And as soon as I read the article, I knew that we had to have Rebecca on the podcast. Rebecca works in content and marketing at Arefs, an online tool designed to maximize your SEO. Here's my interview with Rebecca. Why don't you start by telling us just a little bit about yourself and the company that you work for?
1: Well, I do marketing at HRES and we make SEO tools. So we essentially help our customers to rank in Google so that they get more traffic, more sales, all that good business stuff. <laughs> and yeah. the main issue that we have is that because our tool set is so complicated, it's very hard to get across to potential users in like a single line of USP. Like, so the best we can do is we make SEO tools and we help you rank in Google. So we've been struggling with that for a while now.
0: Yeah, I could see how that would be really complicated. And I actually stumbled across your company because I was working with a coach that recommended uh, your platform to improve SEO on my company's website. And mm-hmm. as soon as she opened it up, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing!" But the thing that is so interesting, and I think what you said makes so much sense, is that you know, if somebody said to me, and even truthfully, just reading your description, I, I thought, "Oh, an, an, an SEO tool? What exactly is that?" Like there, yeah. there isn't like that tangibility because I I think in a lot of ways, just because SEO is kind of an overused term and because SEO is always changing, it's not as though it kind of conjures up that really concrete image in our minds of yeah, exactly what it is.
1: Don't know what goes on behind it. They know SEO is good. They know they need it, but they, they have no idea where to start. They're like, oh, I want to rank for XXX keywords. And okay, so using this tool, I'm going to rank. That's it. And we're like, no, no, <laughs> you have to put in the work to make your own site rank. We give you the uh, the analytics, the data to do it, but we are not an agency and we don't do the work for you. So the actual work needs to be done by yourself. And that's like a thing that's quite hard to grasp for most people.
0: Right, right. And and I was thinking about that as well, that it's easy on your site to take a look at where you're ranking well and where there's opportunities, but then there is that extra step of actually executing the work. And so I guess given that, who exactly is your target market? Who typically buys your product? So that's, uh, it's
1: really for everyone. And of course, we have to say that. But <laughs> sure. It seems that it, it really is up to you whether you are going to invest in SEO or not, because you could be anything from a freelancer working on your own website for your own personal brand to obviously agencies or big businesses. But as long as you want to have that passive SEO traffic, you, you need a tool to give you the insights because you're not going to be able to do it by yourself. And a lot of people say that SEO tools are really pricey, but the ones who actually try SEO tools out, they understand that it's an investment and they get way more return when it, the SEO is actually working for them.
0: Yeah, I think that that makes absolute sense. So I stumbled across you, like I said, because a coach had recommended your platform to me. But then I also came across a great article that you wrote on Medium, which is why we are are chatting right now, because your company did an experiment and actually spent close to $52,000 on podcast advertising. And I just was so excited to read your article because I thought you did... (laughs) such a great job laying out the entire experience. And you really covered so many elements of the podcast advertising journey in, in such detail. And I know that there are so many marketers out there right now who are interested in podcast advertising, but they're not sure where to get started. And a lot of what's happening in this space is a very direct response, which of course, there's nothing wrong with that. But there are also other tools and other things that we can do Um, as you explained in your article, to make podcast advertising successful. So I was hoping you could take just a minute and kind of walk us through your process of discovering podcast advertising, a little bit about your first run, an attempt to make podcast advertising successful for your company, and then where you went from there.
1: So our first attempt was actually not by me. My marketing director, Tim, took it on by himself because he had heard that uh, podcast was you know nowadays it's like a new thing and people want to get into it and everyone's like how do I advertise on this new medium that people are so excited about and so he just spent about fifteen thousand dollars doing his own experiment he picked out a couple of very popular shows within our industry of like SEO and marketing and he just did a the the standard thing where you have a, have a special offer and then you lead people to a landing page and be like sign up and you get a free trial or something like that. And he got very bad results. Actually, I think it was like 10 trial signups, Mm -hmm. $15,000 worth of advertisements. And then he kind of wrote the whole thing off at first. He was like, that's a really bad investment of our money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then after that, because he goes to conferences to speak a lot of the time, he noticed that uh, a lot of people were coming up to him and going like, hey, I heard about you guys on so-and-so podcast. And I got interested, and that's why I'm here listening to your talk. And he was like, "Oh, so even though we didn't get immediate trial signups, we managed to generate interest from these like podcast impressions." And so he kind of changed his thinking, and he was like, "Maybe it's worth it. We don't know, but we're going to have to test more." And that's where he gave me the project.
0: <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> yeah.
1: So he was like, "I have this thing. I want to sponsor podcasts and." go, run, die. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) And yeah, I'm not a huge podcast listener. I never listened to podcasts before before this project. I'm much more of a reading kind of person myself. Like I'd much rather read a 5,000 word blog post than watch a video, for example. So I had to really pick it up from complete scratch, which in the end helped, I think, because I had no idea what I was doing. So I learned a lot of lessons that apparently connected with a lot of people. Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh. <laughs> so I have one big question for you. I know you said that you were not a podcast listener before. I'm curious, and, and I'm sure it's, it's just your natural desire to be more of a reader. But now that you are more entrenched in the space, do you enjoy podcast listening?
1: Yeah, I do a lot more. Previously, I couldn't understand why anyone would like dedicate time to <laughs> <actually> <laughs> someone else speak. And then, after getting into it, I was like, "Ah, oh, it makes sense. like you do it because you like the host, and then you kind of feel like they're similar to you or you just enjoy the way they present. It's like watching videos or watching an entertainer essentially, so it becomes a and that I guess that's why it's called a show a podcast show
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that is that's great to hear. I was really curious if you had yeah. had kind of picked up the the desire or the interest in it so So he hands you this project. You hadn't listened to podcasts before. So like you said, you kind of (laughs) had to to jump in at the deep end and really learn from the ground up. It sounds like the one um, bit of information you did have is that you were essentially told that podcast advertising wouldn't be the best for direct conversions to sales, but that you were really looking at it for kind of lead generation and gain ex- gaining exposure and brand recognition. So where did you take it from there?
1: So the first thing I did was to figure out uh, which podcasts were actually doing well for us. So we have a sign-up forum on our website, which asks like, new sign-ups where they came from or where they heard about us from. And then I looked for the people who said podcasts and tried to find out like, the few names that kept referring us people. And so I ended up with a very short list and I reached out to them. I wanted to advertise on those podcasts and they were all full, like for the whole year. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I was like, okay, this is not going to work because I did not know that they would have like a waiting list that was months long. And now I knew. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I had to find another way to at least get a list of podcasts. And so I did this huge Excel sheet uh, I had to go through like Reddit threads. Um, I asked some people in our Facebook group what their favorite podcasts were. So I think that's a good place to start. Like if you can ask your users what they like and what they listen to, it's likely going to be the kind of podcast that other potential users are going to be listening to. Mm-hmm. So get a list and then kind of just put everything down and start reaching out because you'd be surprised at how many podcasts actually don't have space for you or don't take sponsorship, so on and so forth.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a really interesting factor in this space. And uh, the, the company that produces this podcast, True Native Media, we are an advertising agency. And so we work with brands as well as podcasts to try and make those strong connections. And I am always amazed at the inventory um, kind of restrictions that are out there because we'll get so excited about putting a campaign together for an advertiser. And then, you know, like you said, the inventory will be totally full. And I think that it's kind of a double-edged sword because on one hand, it's not like, you know, I always think back to the early days of Facebook um, when they first launched ads and how few ads there were. And it was kind of almost like a novelty when you would come across an ad and now how many ads are out there um, on social media in general, right? They're they're all over the place. And the thing that is so interesting to me about podcasts is that that doesn't happen. Um, we can't, you know, it's like we don't have the bandwidth to say like, oh, this sh- this podcast is super successful and works really well. Let's throw 20 advertisers into this one episode. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they really do have limited inventory, which I think in the end makes it a more successful medium for advertisers because you do get a greater kind of share of ear, um, mm-hmm. but it does make it really challenging when you're trying to actually place ads, right? So that's yeah, kind of what you experienced yes. was, hey, it's yeah. all full. So how did you kind of navigate around that? Is it now that you have more established relationships with shows that work well, that you kind of have them um, already in campaigns or...
1: The ones that you've worked with before, you're kind of already, you have a relationship and you can get in early, Mm so-called. So like one of the shows we sponsored last year, we just straight out said like, we're going to do this again next year. So save me some space. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But if you're coming in fresh and you're going to have to start from scratch. So it's quite difficult, I think, to get, to try and get space on a bigger podcast for anywhere less than three to four months in advance. So like aim for like a quarter a hit at
0: least. For sure. And then tell us a little bit about um, pricing because I know you had mentioned in the article that you really felt like there was really no standard pricing <laughs> that each show, especially when you're dealing with them independently, yes. um, there's really no standard to what the pricing structure is like.
1: Okay. I'm looking at the sheet now we sponsored uh, six shows in total and one particular show, we sponsored 10 shows and it was like almost $17,000. So 1.7K per show. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that was the upper end of what we sponsored last year. And the lower end was like eight shows for 1.2K.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's
1: like $150 per episode. So there's absolutely no like standardized pricing for these shows. And it's not like one was doing a thousand times better than the other one or anything. It's really up to them to set their own pricing for shows when you deal independently.
0: So as a marketer, if a podcaster were listening to this, do you feel like the more expensive show, would would you be less likely to advertise on a show if it were priced higher? Or does it change, I guess, your perspective of choosing which podcast you want based on the pricing, or or are you looking at, at it that way, or how do you how do you make a decision about whether it's priced correctly?
1: It seems like what most people do is they take the download statistics for the average download statistics for each podcast, and then they kind of weigh against how much they are charging for advertising on them, and then they they go from there. Mm-hmm. Personally, I, I don't know. I've never really trusted download statistics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like they're very, very easy to game. So mm-hmm. I tend to like to look at um, fan engagement. So all shows like have, let's say, social media accounts or mm-hmm. people write comments or whatever. And I like to go and see like the fans of the show, how excited they are about the show. And then I use like, engagement to kind of justify whether I'm going to give this podcast that much money.
0: That's really interesting. I don't know that I have ever had an advertiser say something like that, but I think that that is really wise because as you mentioned, podcast download statistics can be really challenging. I think that certainly is one of the biggest challenges the industry has is that although it's a digital marketing outlet, there aren't the analytics to support the podcasts and the listeners, like there are in other digital marketing forums. Um And of course there are some companies out there working to try and rectify that now, but um, we still don't have a really good solid source for that at this time. And, and like you said, it is really challenging with downloads because there, you know, there's been a lot of, of questioning about, you know, are these downloads correct? And like you said, they could just be even making them up, right? They could say, oh, yeah. I'm getting 100,000 downloads and and you wouldn't know, right? So Or your best friend is downloading it a
1: hundred times a show, I don't know. Right, right,
0: right. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. And so the way you've kind of gotten around that Ben, is that you really take a look at their social media and just see how is it you know how is it working for them do they really have a real audience that is engaged and is kind of participating in following that podcast or that host
1: and also the interesting thing about looking at their listener engagement is you kind of find out what kind of show it is and what kind of host um you're going to be working with even before contacting them Hmm. like more fun shows are going to have a more fun audience of course and like very, um, let's say, very corporate shows, uh, very formal, they end up having a certain kind of responses and they're pretty standardized and you can kind of get a sense for the show before you even start working with them.
0: That is really, really interesting. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think that that is such an important step in looking at whether or not the show really is going to be a success. And it sounds like the other thing that really worked for you, which I'm certainly a big proponent of, is the organic ad reads as opposed to scripted. So it it looked like you had at the beginning actually given hosts a script to read, um, Mm -hmm. but then you found that it was more successful when they were creating their own kind of organic and more authentic ads. Is that the case?
1: Yeah. So when I first started, I thought of it as a more traditional ad placement, like I kind of come up with the ad. Maybe you helped me like record it, obviously, and put it on the show, but I thought I had to come up with the ad myself. And then after doing a few rounds with different shows, a couple of them actually told me, like, no, it's okay. You can just tell us roughly what you want to say and we will help you say it. And it made so much sense to me because obviously this is their show mm-hmm. and they know their audience better than I do, for sure. Mm-hmm. So it's so much easier for me to as a sponsor or an advertiser, your job is just to sell it to the host and then the host sells it to his audience. And that's way easier for us to do (laughs) rather than try and craft something that will connect with their audience.
0: How many of your hosts would you say are actively using uh, your product? Do you find that, I I guess I, I was curious, had any of them used your platform prior to you reaching out to them?
1: I would say... Almost like three quarters of the hosts we are currently working with have like our existing users or have used us quite extensively before. And they always make the best uh, people to do ads for us because Mm -hmm. they actually know how to use the product and they can uh, give their own take on it, which is the thing I like the most when I ask them, when they ask me for talking points to put in the ad, I always have a section where I ask them to talk about their personal favorite feature. And it's very different when they can actually talk about their favorite feature of our tools as opposed to me saying, talk about this. It's Mm -hmm. uh, the level of like passion and interest is completely different. And it comes across when you hear the ad.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's so valuable to me because I think as a consumer and a listener, like you had mentioned earlier, part of the reason that we listen to podcasts is because we really like the host and we're intrigued by um, things that they're discussing and topics that they're, they're covering. And when they make a recommendation, you know, of course it still is an ad and everyone knows it's an ad, but it still feels more um, genuine than a scripted ad read would or produced ad read does. And I think that that to me is one of the big differentiators in this space is that there aren't that many outlets where you could really find an opportunity to have like a native type ad read that is, it feels more genuine and more authentic. So then I think the next part is one of the things that I just felt was so genius on your part, which is that you kind of moved away from the idea like we had discussed at the beginning of offering a promo code and offering a free trial. I know currently if you go on your website, you get a seven day free trial. Is that correct? Uh, It's not a free trial. It's a paid trial. So it's $7 for seven days. That's right. That's right. $7 (laughs) for seven days. Yes. Yes. So but I know that you had mentioned like you don't do any discounting. So you're not doing any sort of promo codes. You're still asking them at checkout to tell you where they had heard about you. So you're still getting people who put podcasts in there, but instead of trying to track all of the leads through promo codes, you're doing a giveaway. And I felt like the way that you're executing it is so genius. So can you just tell us a little bit about how you're doing that?
1: So what we did last year is we run giveaways for our accounts, and it worked really well for two reasons. One is the podcast. The podcast host obviously is super happy because he has something to give away to his listeners. Our entire time of asking, "Can we do a giveaway?" It's always like, "Yes, let's do a giveaway." They're never gonna turn down a giveaway. Right. Yeah. And also for us, when we do a giveaway, we get to track how um, how many users are truly listening to the ad on the show. So what we did was we ran giveaways using Twitter as the entry point. So the, when you listen to a show, you tweet into the show and to HRS us and say, uh, why do you want to win the, the account? What, what are you going to use it for? And then from there, we track the responses uh, and then we give out the account. But this allows us to see, like like I mentioned earlier, the kind of engagement um, the the listeners are giving to the show, how excited they are. And you can actually see that across different shows, they respond very differently to the entry. And some of them you can tell, um, some of the show hosts are actually doing a better job
0: of uh, explaining our tools. And so kind of to recap what, what you're doing is, so you have annual campaigns that you're running with these podcasts and then Are you giving away one free year and that, and you'll pick one winner from each podcast?
1: Last year, I think it was, uh, it, it varied across shows because we had different arrangements for different shows. But Mm -hmm. one of the ones we did was like every month we would give away one
0: annual. uh, Oh, Oh, wow. Once a month. So that's pretty frequently. I was thinking that you were like, we'll give away one year account for, for the year, but you were giving away one a month.
1: So far, we've only done pretty short stints on shows. Like our longest stretch was maybe six months. Oh, okay. We've
0: gone beyond that, yeah. Okay, okay. And I guess the other question I had was, I thought it was so genius because you have to tag A-Refs in the, the post and then you also have to tag the podcast, which is great yeah. to see that. But then I also thought that it was, you know, smart to say, Hey, you have to be the most creative. And, you know, you have, you really encouraged them to it, not just like, Hey, I want to enter to win, but it was like, who can come up with something that's really creative. And people went as far as to create videos, right. Even saying, Hey, we want this.
1: (laughs) It was great because, They were kind of advertising for us in a way as well because they're pushing this to their entire Twitter network and they're like, oh, I have a website and I really want to uh, get more money and more sales and therefore I need HFs." Yeah, it worked really well for us.
0: So now, as you continue to, um, you know, continue on with these podcast advertising partnerships, do you expect that you'll continue with the same giveaway offer, or or do you feel like after a little while you're going to need to change it up because it will get stale?
1: So the fun part is, yes, it will get stale, and also our CEO has put a blanket ban on all giveaways for this year. <laughs>
0: oh, okay.
1: <laughs> so I'm going to have to figure out something else. <laughs> Okay. I'm still
0: not sure what yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you seem like you're a super creative marketer. So I'm sure you'll Thank come you. up with some good <laughs> ideas. Um, and then the other cool thing that you put in there was that the winner also on, on a show or two was able to actually be interviewed by the podcast. And so the podcaster yeah. interviewed the winner and then yes. they used that as content for their ads.
1: Mm-hmm. That was super cool. We had one guy who won the account in the previous show actually come back on the next show and give a live testimonial like before oh one month later sorry so he came back a a month later and he was like before HRS, i was doing this and now that i have it i've been able to grow my website by this much and etc etc and that's like the best kind of testimonial you can get for sure
0: yeah yeah i thought that was that's terrific and yes as as you said that's the best testimonial possible And then the other thing that I wanted to touch on is that there are, I mean, of course, the number is always changing, but there's about 550,000 podcasts out there. And of course, there are lots of them that aren't active. You know, maybe they publish a few episodes and then they go, you know, go off and, and, you know, just stop publishing but there are a lot, I mean, I say that number because there are lots and lots of podcasts out there. And when I look at podcasts, I always think that they're the super Uber, really successful, like Freakonomic, you know, Freakonomics type podcasts where they have hundreds of thousands of listeners and then they kind of scale down. Right. So then you've got podcasts like the ones that you are advertising on now that are really more of the mid-level shows And it sounds like in your experience that the smaller shows have been almost more successful for you because the hosts are willing to really take the advertising campaign and make it more of a partnership and less of just like an ad exchange. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: So we tried, we sponsored the bigger shows and we've also gone to like mid-level and the really small ones were just starting out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, the mid-level ones have like a kind of good, well, <laughs> middle ground of both being able to reach a decent-sized audience and also having like that one-to-one connection with their listeners, so they're able to sell your product a bit better. Whereas the big shows, obviously, they cost more, they're harder to get, but they have like huge reach. Obviously, like you can put an ad there, and it doesn't matter how. Uh, engage the hostess in your tools, it's going to get out to a really huge audience and people are going to hear about you. But those you have less um, kind of creative control over the ad, uh, when I was working with bigger podcasts, you often don't get to speak to the host at all. So you're just dealing with their so-called ad person or there's a middleman who takes your stuff, gives it to the host, and then he just goes off and reads it. And you don't feel that, that connection with the, the listeners and it comes across in the ad itself but for the middle-sized ones they're often like super enthusiastic and they they really love your tool and it comes across so it, it does feel like mid-size works very well but mm-hmm. at the same time we we haven't stopped sponsoring the big podcasts because they still have the reach
0: Right, right. So it sounds like maybe you like the combination. The big ones yeah. have the reach, and then the mid size ones have the opportunity for a deeper partnership. But if you
1: want to actually see sign ups from these ads, it, I would say go for the middle size ones, unless you can craft a super good ad for the for the bigger size podcasts.
0: That's a great recommendation. So I, I guess I'm I'm really curious to know like i said and and i really am not i'm not just saying this to flatter you but i am just so impressed with how much energy you've put put into this and i think so often as marketers it's easy for us to place an ad and kind of expect instant results and a lot of times that's just not how you know how it works we really do need to be a little bit more creative and to dig a little bit deeper and i think that it's obvious that you... And and your company, because I know that your um, marketing director was the first one to attempt podcast advertising. But instead of just writing them off and saying, oh, podcast ads didn't work, you really put in the effort to create something that has been a really good uh, marketing tool for your company. But you also have invested a lot of time in this as well as money. And so... I guess I'm really curious, would you say at the end of the day that you feel like podcast advertising has been a good investment for you as a company?
1: For us, I think yes, I would say yes. Like I said, it's been quite difficult to market our tools because of how complicated the industry and our product is. And I feel that podcasts have been a really good way to actually express what we do to an audience that may be interested the the interesting thing about working with hosts is that they can actually switch up the ads from week to week as opposed to let's say i run a facebook ad i do the ad i put money and then the same ad is going to come out like day after day after yeah mm-hmm. but you have a you pretty much have a static ad unless you create an entire campaign which is frankly exhausting mm-hmm. <laughs> but with a host you can just like take him once through your tools if he's an existing user even better But yeah, you teach him once about your product and it's up to him to deliver that sales pitch to his audience and you don't have to do anything after that. So it's actually been quite a good investment of my time as well.
0: That's great to hear. And I I think you're right. And that is, you know, obviously one of the big, big steps in podcast advertising is that because it is that host read ad, um, they should be generating a new ad read each week and Like you said, they're the one putting the effort behind making it creative and interesting. And I think the other great thing is, is that as a podcast host, they have worked so hard to build their audience and they don't want to put out content that's going to turn their audience off in any way. So they do tend to put in more effort and thought uh, because they want it to be interesting content for their audience. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's terrific. So obviously, I'm glad to hear that you feel like podcast advertising has been successful for you. if you were to speak to someone, a a company or a marketer who hadn't tried podcast advertising before, um, I guess my first question is, would you recommend that they give it a, a try? And number two, if you think that they should give it a try, is there a good place for them to get started with podcast advertising?
1: I think it's definitely a good place to give it a try. And it's very, it's very customizable according to your budget. Like I mentioned earlier, like you can start at like a hundred dollars per episode. You can also go to like the tens of thousand of dollars per episode kind of level, but it's as long as you have some kind of small budget, you can always start working on podcast ads and seeing if
0: they pay off for you. Where would you recommend that they get started? I know you said that uh-huh. you had kind of started in your Facebook groups by asking your current customers, what shows they were listening to, but do you have any other recommendations?
1: Well, if you can reach out to your user group, that's a great place to start. The other thing is um, after I wrote that article, I started looking into podcast advertising networks because a lot of people were like, why aren't you using these things? And I was like, okay, let me try. So uh, I started speaking to some and then I found myself recommending them to people who don't have the time to do their own research because uh, these networks do the research for you. They have a kind of database of podcasts already, and then they can kind of tailor what you're looking for uh, out of their own list. So you don't have to do the work to source
0: for podcasts. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, you know, that's one of the services that true native media provides. And I would totally agree. It's it it can be a lot of work to source podcasts on your own, just because you have to find the show and then you have to find the contact. And then, you know, you do have to have (laughs) all, like you said in your your article, all of the back and forth conversations can be a little time consuming. Mm -hmm. So if you can have somebody who's doing some of that work on your behalf, that certainly is a really valuable place to start.
1: I'm actually interested in your like process. How do you, like, do you have a list of podcasts? And then when prospective advertisers come to you, you find out, what kind of niche you're in and then you match them or how does it work for you?
0: Yeah, for us, it's, um, it's a little bit of both. So we have a roster of about a hundred different podcasts that we work with. And our goal is you know, there, there are kind of two different realms and two different types of agencies. There are some agencies that really specialize in representing the advertisers. So Mm -hmm. they will, um, you know, take a, an advertiser on like yourself and go out and find podcasts that will be a good fit and, you know, put together proposals for that advertiser uh, doing all the legwork. And then there are, are companies like mine. And I would say like, we're very similar to like a network where there is an established group of shows so if you were to come to me we would say oh well we have these you know 10 shows on our roster that we think would be a good fit so we don't tend to do a lot of outreach in terms of actually finding new shows our goal is to try and match our advertisers with the podcasts on our roster. And so when we're doing our outreach work, we we try to target companies that we think would be a good fit for the podcast that we work with. Um, Mm -hmm. And our company in particular specializes in entrepreneurial um, productivity and then female skewing podcasts. So those kind of are the three segments that we tend to focus most on. That's cool. So, yeah. Yeah, pretty, pretty neat. We've, we've got a great selection of shows and, and a great selection of advertisers too. So it's, it's been such a fun, it's such a fun industry because it's, you know, just growing.
1: (laughs) I I do get this impression that no one, no one really knows how this works.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, it's true. And that's part of the reason. And thank you so much for coming on because... I, I I mean, part of the reason that we are launching this podcast is because I think there are so many marketers out there who are really interested in knowing how podcast advertising can really work for them. And it's so different than other, other forms of media. and And I just feel like for all the reasons that we've mentioned, it's so powerful and yes. yet it's almost kind of like this, you know, black awesome. hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we were like, where do I start? What do I do? How do I make yeah. this work? And and so yeah, we're we're just trying to uh, share stories about how other marketers have been successful with the medium and and it is highly personalized, which makes it really effective and really great, but also it makes it more work. It's not and I guess really when it comes down to it, like you said, Facebook ads are a ton of work. Like if you want to constantly have new ads, you have to put a lot of effort into that. But I think it's also a formula, and a lot of times people like that, right? It's if I follow these four steps, then I'm going to get what I want, um, yeah. even if it takes a lot of work. And because this is a little bit more free formed, um, it ultimately, in my opinion, really produces a result in terms of an ad that people are interested in and want to listen to and want to engage with the brand and and benefit the brand in so many ways. But it's it's just not as black and white as we're used to in marketing.
1: So. Yeah, the tracking and the metrics are, the analytics are not quite there yet. And I think this is what a lot of people are struggling with. They're trying to justify spending marketing budget on podcast ads and like uh, their bosses are like, but no, because what's it going to, like, it's going to give me 10, trial signups, like what happened for us? So
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's more difficult to justify spending that money. It is. Like, I'm struggling with it too, <laughs> now that I have no more giveaways.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a challenge. But I do think that a big part of what we have to determine is what is the ultimate goal, right? And I know as marketers, it's our job to take a budget and show that when we invest X number of dollars, we got a return. There are so many nuances to it. And I think especially with a product like yours, and and what I often tell marketers is that. If you have little brand recognition, podcast ads are great because there is that opportunity for the host to really describe the product in a way that isn't one-dimensional. And so I think it really gives a lot of depth. But then the other challenge is that it isn't you know it, it isn't something that is going to be crystal clear on where the returns come from. So it, it all really does depend on what your goals are and if you can um, make it work for you. Okay for us I can feel like it's working we all can feel like it's
1: working we can't really put a number to where and how but so far we like it for sure and we're continuing this year Mm
0: -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. and I'll probably be doing a second part to the article so (laughs) I'll let you know when it's out
0: okay yeah do do please (laughs) well thank you so much Rebecca it's been such a pleasure talking with you and thank you you for being on the podcast and sharing your podcast experience (laughs) you're welcome It was such a pleasure to have Rebecca on the show, and I wanted to summarize the points that she made in our conversation so you would have a few just key takeaways when you're thinking about approaching your own ad campaign for podcast advertising. So first, she said that podcast advertising is customizable to any budget, which I totally agree with. You don't have to have a huge budget to make podcast ads work. So think about that. She has found that mid sized shows have been the most successful as they have more of an intimate connection with their audience. There's also a greater creative opportunity versus the large corporate shows. Depending on the partnership, you know, obviously that can vary, but the smaller shows kind of have that ability to really connect with the brand and connect with their audience. So she's found that mid sized podcasts generate the most ROI. Download statistics are the usual industry metric. However, there are other ways that you can kind of take a look at a show to really consider that podcast for advertising. So you might look at fan engagement of that podcast through other social media platforms, you know, comments or likes on Facebook, Twitter, blog posts. This requires some degree of investigation on the part of the advertiser. But outcomes have been more successful when she is able to kind of dig in and see how much engagement does this host have with his audience. Next, podcast advertising allows the company to be more creative with their offerings to their audience. So you can get creative because you have this time and this spoken communication that happens. A clever option that she has found is a giveaway, and she uses this giveaway through Twitter. The host is very happy to provide his audience with something free and then it can track directly back to the show, right? So the host provides this free offer to their audience and then the advertiser is able to track it back. In order to win this prize or this free giveaway, the consumer must tag the brand or company and the host on Twitter. And then they add some creative response as to why they think that they should win this prize And this really does provide a level of extra advertising for the company, and it connects the brand with more people, right? Because it's getting out there. The winner can also be interviewed on the podcast, which is the best testimonial, and it provides more advertising. So it's this really creative approach of providing a free giveaway, having the listener go on social media and tag that company and the host of the show and then selecting a winner based on as creative a post is out there. So it creates an extra level of promotion. Podcast advertising agencies are very useful, and they have a ton of resources to help you get started. So they have a really good understanding of the podcast industry. They have established relationships already and connections with these podcasts. They know the availability, and they can kind of help guide you because she has found that one of the hardest parts with podcast advertising is just going out there and trying to work with all these individual shows. When you work with an agency that does represent lots of different podcasts, you have kind of one stop and you get the best of both worlds. Now, when they began to run ads, they provided a script. And so they got very canned reads. But after doing a few rounds, she found that it became really apparent that a better option is to allow the host to share the brand more natively. So providing talking points instead of a script really gave the host the opportunity to make the ad read their own, make it more authentic and feel more like content and less like an ad. So those were her, her kind of key takeaways on how you can make podcast advertising successful. I hope this episode has really provided some value for you as you're approaching podcast advertising, maybe some different ideas or techniques that you can take away to make sure your campaign is successful. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you want to learn more about how to be a market leader in podcast advertising, reach out to us at truenativemedia.com.